Hi, my name is Chris Daly, and you are entering the Active Cyber Zone. Here you will meet some innovative technology researchers and startups, learn about new cyber defenses, and listen to government leaders and industry movers on cybersecurity, risk management, and emerging technology topics that are relevant to today's digital world. You can find all this and more at www.activecyber.net on the web or your favorite podcast provider. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Daly, and welcome to the Active Cyber Zone. Today, I'm joined by Corey White, one of the principals for Cybertar. Uh, a startup focused on cybersecurity as a service. So welcome, Corey. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, absolutely. So Corey, give me a little bit of background about Cybertar, how you guys got started, and uh, a little bit of background on yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's interesting. I've been in cybersecurity for 25 years. Um, I've done just about everything, incident response, assessment, penetration testing, you know, product, installation, work, everything you can imagine. And at the end of the day, after being in the business for so long, I've had, I have a lot of the same clients and they've been at two or three different companies. I've been at two or three different companies, but the same clients. And then I ultimately started really thinking about it. These clients are still my good friends. I'm actually not securing them. Um, I realized that a, a penetration test, an assessment, doesn't actually secure them at all. So I wanted to figure out how can I actually secure my clients, my friends? And so I, I took a different approach. And that's one of the reasons why I built Savitar is because I wanted to be able to actually secure our clients. Because I would have, it's interesting, when you're the company doing the installation of, of their products, you're the one doing the assessments, and then you do an incident response, then uh, it's, it's pretty interesting that you realize that I'm not actually fixing anything. I assess them, tell them what's wrong. They don't actually fix it. And then the incident happens. And they call me up in a few weeks and they'll tell me, ah, oh, Corey, uh, we have an incident. I'm like, wait a second, that incident was going on while I was doing the assessment and nobody actually fixed all the vulnerabilities. So there's a big gap in the cybersecurity industry. Um, and the last thing I'll say is that you think about it from the perspective of, um, I, I love this analogy, I can't think of a better one, but like if you have a plumber come to your house, you know, you got leaky pipes and he comes and it's imagine that he just looked at you and assessed you and say, yeah, you have leaky pipes here, here and here, wrote up a big bill and said, you know, here you go and walked away and gave you instructions to fix the pipes yourself. That's what we do in cybersecurity. <laughs> I think that's backwards. What we should be doing is actually fixing it like the plumber does, right? He's, he's not gonna charge you to tell you that you got leaky pipes. He's gonna charge you for actually, actually fixing it. So we have to do that in cybersecurity. Does that make sense, Chris? That makes a lot of sense, except sometimes I have plumbers that don't fix it sometimes. So, but I understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> so, so who are the people or who are the customers that you're really targeting uh, as part of your uh, as part of your offering, yeah, you know that was a hard thing for us to really figure out. Um, I have a ton of enterprise um, customers and relationships, but you know, with large enterprise, you 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 think about, hey, we have to go and 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 you know, a lot of a lot of big cybersecurity companies they only go out to enterprise. They don't help the small to medium sized enterprise customers at all. They just leave them because the deal size is so small, so it's not worth their their time to actually do that. So. What, what we decided to do here at Savitar was um, we're doing both. It's kind of interesting because we have a platform and we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, we've 
we've democratized cybersecurity so that you can go to our website, choose an easy solution, and our small to medium-sized customers, they aren't actually going through and marking up MSAs and going through legal back and forth. They just accept and they buy, okay? Now, the large enterprise one, they have to go through and they're marking up legal contracts and it takes a long time to close the deal. So we're serving both markets. But we're making the small to medium really easy, removing all the friction. And think of it like, you know, your Spotify account or your Netflix account. You know, there's no friction. You go to the website, you just click and you buy and you consume. So same type of model. And so that's how we decided we're going to go after this market. The last thing I'll share, which is really, really interesting, I did some analysis that the, the, the ransomware and all these attacks that are happening, they're happening with these small companies. And that's where most of these hackers are getting their money from They're, because they don't have good security. And because the cybersecurity industry doesn't service the small to medium-sized companies. So they're stuck, right? Nobody services them, nobody cares about them and they keep continually getting hacked. So we wanted to make sure we were serving the small companies that need it because also the total address market uh, for those small companies is bigger as well. So that's how we decided to you know, you know, choose our target market. That, that sounds great. I agree with you. You're definitely hitting an area where it's been you know, left to pretty much nobody uh, to help out. Okay. So I think what you're trying to do is, is, is noteworthy in, in the market and in something really, as, you, as you're seeing, you know, that, that's become like the uh, Achilles heel in the supply chain of these small guys that are, you know, vulnerable. And so the hackers get in through the, the weakest link in the chain. So that's one of the ways they can get in. So I think you're, you're right spot on here with, with your approach to the market. Um, so tell me, how does a cybersecurity as a service offering really operate? I mean, you operate through the cloud. How is it different from an MSSP offering? And, and what is the CyberTAR platform? Tell, tell me more about that. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. I had to rethink everything. I literally actually had to forget 23 years of work and and doing services to actually build this model because um, I actually came to the, the, the conclusion that, you know, doing I was a lifetime, you know, security services, assessments, spend testing, all that stuff. Um, I, I realized not working. <laughs> My clients are not getting more secure. So how do I do this? What, what does that look like? And um, I actually, when I, when I left my last company, I stepped away and I started doing a lot of research and looking at new business models. And I looked at the subscription model. Because here's the thing, Chris, cybersecurity is not a one-time activity, but we treat it like it's a one-time activity. And we treat it like we're going to be able to say, hey, all right, we did our assessment once a year. We're good. That is absolutely not the case. That's just like me saying, Chris, I brushed my teeth this morning. I've done it for the year. I'm good. I'll brush again <laughs> you know, next August, right? Um, but that's how we treat cybersecurity. Cybersecurity should be about hygiene, right? Hygiene is what it's about. And hygiene has to happen every single day. So um, how do I build a business model that is continuous and not in subscriptions? So I looked at many different models, but you take what's happening now, you take um, Uber, you take Airbnb, you take um, Netflix, right? Um, those companies, they're all very, very successful. And um, I, I like Airbnb, for example. Airbnb is, I think, you know, worth 15, you know, you know, $20 billion right now. They own that one hotel, okay? And so they don't own a hotel, but they're worth more than the Hyde Hotel chain who own, owns hotels all over the world. 
So when you think about that, you're like, wait a second. The biggest problem in the cybersecurity market is not that, you know, there's no products out there to actually get companies secure. There's over 4,000 different cybersecurity companies out there. And, you know, that's, I remember when I first, you know, about, you know, five, 10 years ago, it was 300. Now it's 4,000. So it's not an issue of having the right product. The hardest issue that is out there is the people and the process. These companies are not able to hire the expertise to actually get them secure. They're not able to actually install and configure and set up these products to get them into a lockdown state. That is the issue. So um, I, I, I like Netflix. Like Netflix, when they built their business model, they actually did not go and um, say, hey, we're going to build uh, streaming services and everything else. They built a better way for people to get in access to entertainment that was better than Blockbuster. And then within you know, a few years, Blockbuster was out of business. And, and so that was a difference because it wasn't that they needed to actually build their streaming like they have today. They built a better business model for customers to get to the outcome of getting entertained. The outcome in cybersecurity needs to be secure. And you mentioned MSSPs, Chris. Well, an MSSP, um, they don't actually get you secure. It's a managed you know, security services provider, but they actually don't get you secure. They just send you alerts and tell you, hey, here's something that bad that happened. If we're all sitting at home right now because of COVID. So that's just like you're getting a bunch of alerts saying that, you know, someone just walked through your front door and they're in your kid's room right now. Um, that's not helpful. I, I wouldn't want that. I would want somebody continually um, making sure my front door is locked. And, and that's what I would want. So MSSPs don't actually do what cybersecurity should be doing. And so what we are, and I've heard this described actually by one of our customers said, so you're actually what an MSSP should be. And I was like, I like that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so tell me more about the Cybertar platform. So we, we had this mantra, myself and my, my co-founder, uh, Craig Goodwin, and our mantra was let's remove the friction from buying cybersecurity services and, and solutions. So in, instead of someone having to go and say, hey, I'm gonna buy this product and you think about it, let's break this down. If you wanna buy a cybersecurity product, you gotta go through some bar in most cases. You cannot buy direct. So you gotta go through some bar. And so you can't go and quickly get the product. You gotta go through the pain of buying it from a bar. That's like me saying, hey, if I wanna watch this new movie that I could probably stream instantly right now, I'm gonna drive down the street go to Target, buy it from Target, put it in my DVD player or VHS player and watch it. That sounds absurd today when you know you can just sit there and stream it on any one of the streaming services. But in cybersecurity, we're still going through the middleman to consume it. So that's one, one big challenge that we had to solve within the platform. The second challenge is it, once you actually get that product, the products nowadays are so complicated using artificial intelligence and you know, they're, you know, sending malware alerts and most people don't know what any of that stuff means. So there's no way that they can actually properly install it and configure it and get themselves to a lockdown preventative state. So I've seen many, many companies I've done incident response for where they've had the best products, they just didn't have it configured properly. <laughs> and so, and, and so that's where we're falling down on many different levels. So what we did, and this is what's great about, I, I love, love living in 2021 here because uh, we have the cloud, which we did not have before. And we also have um, APIs. So the Savitar platform is uh, we can manage all of our customers from the cloud. We don't have to go on site anywhere to do any of our work. Um, as long as they have one IT person, we're good to go. So 
Um, that's one. And then the second thing that also has changed um, around you know, APIs is that we can take the results from a, a um, you know, scanning solution or a patching solution, feed all that into one platform. So if you think about it from the perspective of, okay, I have a, um, I have, I have a scan result, I have a bunch of vulnerabilities, and now I need to apply patches, we can tie all that into one cohesive story for our customers. Whereas you can't get that anywhere else. There is no, and I love the way my co-founder Craig phrases this, we are the operating system for cybersecurity. So we've combined into this platform um, all of your technical tools, all of your remediation, and we track, and what makes us successful is we're tracking to getting you to the outcome of getting remediated. Not actually saying, hey, here's your next alert, because there's no use in buying a product or buying a service if you don't get an outcome. And again, tie it back to Netflix, the outcome is watching the movie. The outcome is not actually buying the, the, the DVD of it. The outcome is watching it and being entertained. In cybersecurity, we act like buying the, the product is the outcome. It's not. Or getting an alert is the outcome. It's not. So we actually focus on the outcome. Um, so we are a business outcome-based business. We, are, we actually phrase ourselves as not a technical business. We get customers to outcomes of being secure. And that's how we ma ma manage ourselves in the platform. It sounds to me like the outcomes, though, you, you provide outcomes via your platform. So I guess there's some type of dashboard that customers can look at and see how, how secure they are at any point in time. Yeah, 100%. Um, and the other piece is I've dealt with so many executives and boards. And, you know, I actually have a client here locally. They were spending $10 million a year on cybersecurity. And they didn't have a dashboard to measure, are they getting more secure? Or are they getting less secure? And frankly, they were about doing the same because they spent all that money on buying tools and just doing assessments. Okay. And they actually didn't assess, remediate, and maintain their um, cybersecurity program. So with our platform, now they can see the full life cycle and any gaps that they may have. And so that dashboard shows, okay, we've actually are doing the full life cycle of threat and vulnerability management, meaning we're scanning every day, we're patching every day, and any new critical or high vulnerabilities are continually remediated. And you take that across um, the full Center for Internet Security, you know, 20 or 18 controls now, um, we're measuring them across that. And so now they have a concise, simple dashboard to measure that. And now their executive team actually looks at that dashboard and that's how they, they determine if they're getting better or worse, which obviously they're getting better with, with us. So, so I was a SOC director for a while working with the Army Corps of Engineers and one of the things I realized is that scaling that that operation, you know, to a global uh, sense was was difficult, and um, especially doing all the hygiene and everything else that that you, that you do every day. So, how do you do it and scale it globally for lots of different customers? I was only dealing with one, but how do you deal how do you deal with it across multiple customers in a global fashion? Yeah, yeah, great question. So. Um... You know, you know, sock is a bad word to me, uh, but here's the thing. <laughs> what they call it when I was doing it, okay, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so here's why. So um, I've met, met many, you know, sock managers and many folks within the sock, and I, I used to can definitely consider myself a, a technical geek back in the day. And believe me, hunting incidents and doing incident response and, 
and, and looking for threats and attack vectors, all that stuff is really, really fun and interesting. But at the end of the day, it doesn't, in, in most cases, get the company more secure. Like for instance, um, uh, another company uh, here that we, we, we're helping, they actually had three people dedicated to responding to the alerts from their SOC. So, and, and I asked them, all right, well, what do you guys do all day? And they say, well, half of them are false positives. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and the other, other half was well, by the time we've done the investigation and figured out what is there, um, they, they kind of think that if there was somebody doing something bad, they've already have done it. The incident has already happened. The, the data may have potentially already been exfiltrated. So, um, that, that's equivalent to me saying, hey, for my home, I want to secure my home. I got a bunch of people waiting until I get an alert that someone has broken into my house and they're going to go and investigate after it's happened. Um, to me, I, I just think that's a waste of time and waste of resources. So what we did with this particular client is we, the money that they were spending with their sock, uh, we said, all right, let's do this. You spend that on preventative measures. Let's make sure that you guys are, are patched. Let's make sure that your endpoints are in a lockdown blocking state. Let's make sure all your misconfigurations um, throughout your organization are actually remediated. So those three resources, let's redirect that. And if you do need to do any soft threat hunting, you're doing threat hunting on what is actually really getting past your fully locked down environment. And so now that they're doing that, now they're, they're actually able to surgically actually get to the right things they need to be seeing. So in my opinion, that's how you should approach it. I literally, you know, Chris, I've seen companies with 15 larger companies, 15, 20 people on a SOC team, and they're just threat hunting, but they're not actually patching. They're not fixing misconfigurations. And I think this is absolutely a waste of resources and time. So, so you're focused on the preventative side, not on the response side to, to, to a larger extent, I guess is what you would say. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And the last thing I'll, I'll share with that is I've run large incident response teams globally, right? And so if we think about this as a, as a really what has happened to the, you know, the, the cybersecurity industry and all the companies are now getting hacked and you hear all this in the news, that was happening before. So if we have companies that make money off of the incidents, the insecurity of security, um, and I know a ton of very large incident response companies, they aren't trying to stop it. <laughs> okay. And so we made the strategic decision to say, we're not going to be one of these companies that make money off of the incidents that companies have. We're going to make money off of our uh, clients actually being secure, which is actually a huge niche. I don't know if anybody else is actually doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, that's what we need. We need that preventative side. And I'm not saying that you're going to be able to be 100% preventative. What I'm saying is that um, I'd rather be 90, 95% preventative and then threat hunt on whatever is left uh, versus, um, you know, the opposite where um, I'm only 10% preventative yeah. and then, you know, but no, starts, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one of the areas that my customers come from a large degree is from the federal side of the house for my subscribers. And so one of the big things in that space right now are these, uh, uh, cyber uh, maturity model, um, uh, cap you know, capabilities uh, assessments, mm -hmm. these CMMC requirements that, that, that they have to deal with in order to do uh, business with the federal government now. Tell me how your cybersecurity as a service offering can support those assessments and, and, and making those businesses uh, that are working with the federal government get, you know, get the appropriate level of CMMC certifications that, that they're looking to try to get. 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, is interesting. One of our, our biggest customers and one of my first customers um, is they, they came to me and they said, you know, Corey, um, we, we, we've had incidents in the past where we're dealing with the DOD quite a bit. They just said we got to get CMMC and we have other customers asking us for SOG too. So our plan is we're going to, you know, CMMC, you know, hadn't come out at, uh, at the time. So we're going to do SOG 2 and then we're going to get CMMC. And I said, you absolutely are not going to do that. Okay. Here's what you're going to do. Okay. We're going to do them both at the same time. Because number one, if you cross map CMMC and it was NIST 171, it's kind of the same thing at the beginning. Um, and so you cross map SOC 2 and CMMC, it's the same stuff. Like, you know, normal assets you have, um, IT asset management, you need to have threat vulnerability management, endpoint protection, multi-factor authentication, policies, procedures, I mean, all the same stuff, right? So why would you do it twice, right? So what we did is we cross mapped those two and we, we, um, they actually bought 12 solutions from us. Now, here's, here's the magic here. Um, we didn't sell them individual products. We don't sell individual services. We sell solutions. Now, if you take the CMMC, just speaking about that, that in particular, um, and, and SOG 2, especially Type 2, um, SOG 2, you have to do it on a continuous basis. You have to maintain. You have to assess, remediate, and maintain it. Okay, you can't just say, hey, we did the assessment or hey, we just bought the product. You have to have it on a continuous basis. So the first thing we did is we sold them all those solutions. And literally, Chris, in three and a half months, they had all of that, you know, implemented. And, and so we had cross mapped everything. And the last thing we did is we brought in some of our audit partners to actually come in and do the audit. We don't do the audit. The hard part is not the audit. The hard part is actually doing all the implementation and getting everything in place. Mm -hmm. So um, if they had to do it themselves and the CISO said, I would have to, um, I would have to, you know, hire two to three resources and it would probably take me uh, probably a couple of years to do what you guys did about three and a half months. Mm -hmm. So that's how we approach it. Well, I think you're really doing the right thing here from the CMC perspective. I think you really have a good handle on that. I'm impressed with uh, your cybersecurity as a service offering. So, we only have a couple minutes left. So, so Corey, kind of like, uh, give, give me a wrap up about, you know, where you guys are headed next, uh, what you're going to do at Black Hat maybe, and, uh, and, and uh, tell me more a little bit about, you know, how, how you guys are going to address this market space. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, it, so here's the thing, with, with the, the, um, the, the market that we have chosen to actually prevent and actually solve the problem, um, anybody that knows me, one of my mantras is um, I actually want to change the world for the better. So we've built this business based upon, you know, loving our customers, loving our employees and making a difference in their lives. Because you just mentioned earlier, having somebody firefight um, 24 by 7, um, some of my CISO friends, they actually came to me a few years ago. And this is what helped me spark this business idea and say, Corey, I'm done being a CISO. I'm done. <laughs> and I was like, why? And they, they said, and they came directly from uh, a few of them. Well, I'm, I'm the chief scapegoat officer. Um, and everything that happens is, is my fault. I cannot win in this scenario. Um, and so I had to build a business model that was going to help those CISOs, you know, have an opportunity to win. So that, that's what we did. That's why we took the approach that we did. Um, this, this business is about helping helping the small customers, helping, you know, the larger enterprises as well as, as they need it. But we want this world to be more secure. We do not want these continuous cyber attacks because you look at any stat out there, Chris, we're losing. 
We are losing the battle against the hackers. And it's simple things. Um, I spent time in my career. I spent eight years at, at McAfee and um, at, at Silence. I was, you know, and, and I know the antivirus well very well. You, you take that, for example, most people are using 30-year-old, you know, technology that was created by, you know, John McAfee and a few other people, you know, 30 years ago and saying, this is how I'm going to stop an attack in 2021. It's not going to work. That's just like, you know, you're, you got the mall cop, right, fighting the SWAT team or something. It's just not the same. You need really, really good skills. And there's always going to be a gap if we're using legacy technologies. But the last thing I'll share is I, I was talking to a, um, a prospective customer. So like, Corey, we, we got antivirus. Aren't we good? I'm like, no. That's going to tell you after you get encrypted. And let's talk ransomware really quickly. Ransomware, the minute you get an alert that says, oh, you, we've detected ransomware, the second later, you are encrypted. So why would you use a detect and respond technology? We have all these companies buying MDR, XDR. And so they're basically saying, we're okay getting hacked. And I think that's an absolute flaw in the industry. So Savitar is out to change that, fix okay. that mentality, educate people and make it better. I love your mentality on this. I, re I really think it's good. I agree with you. I think the assume the breach mentality is, is already, you know, giving up the fight. And I think you're right on track with trying to make sure that you can stop it if you can. Uh, you're, you're, you're really good on that. So I, I really appreciate the time. I really appreciate the insight. And I know my, my subscribers will as well. And uh, good luck to you at Black Hat. And uh, good luck to you in the future. And I hope we can circle back sometime in, in the future, maybe six months or so. And you can kind of give me an update of, uh, of how the cybersecurity as a service is going. Yeah, I'd love to. I appreciate the time. Thank you.